Hello, I'm Monica Bellucci, and you're listening to the Stinking Paws podcast. Well, sounds good. Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! the stinking paws podcast celebrating our 10th anniversary and with me is paul we're still expecting charlie at some point mate. yes but um he's probably a bit upset after me all losing so. <laughs> drowning his sorrows be used to that by now. <laughs> charlie has promised he's going to turn up at some point during this conversation but luckily as it's a 10th anniversary episode what we've been doing is been asking friends and fellow podcasters to select movies that we have previously reviewed <laughs> and you can hear the chuckle in the back <laughs> sorry <laughs> ladies and gentlemen the man responsible for this episode is the other end of a skype line as we speak and i'm using the word responsible in, it's, it's in, a good job he's so far away yeah. that's all i can say um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen it's, it's the host and the creator of the secret history of hollywood out of my clarence and the is it the, the labours of Hercule? I keep getting this big stuff. Is the labours of Hercule podcast, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Adam Roach? Hello, hello, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> See, you're laughing, we haven't even started. Now. I apologize in advance because I realized earlier on today what I've actually done. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, what's happening? We're noticing a distinct pattern in our guest choices of reviews that you know we're going back to. I mean, Smokey played it nice and safe with the sting. That was yeah, great. Yeah, you know, that, was that was that was great. Um, Kev, sweet smell of success, nice, interesting film. Yeah, yep. recently I did an episode with Anthony from the you know the various John Lennon podcasts that he does on Deliverance. Yeah, classic film. Adam, oh, you missed mine out. Some like it hot. Some like P- it hot. Some like it hot. Wholesome <laughs> family entertainment. Adam, <laughs> <laughs> um. Explain what, why, and just how, anything, you know. <laughs> what, what, are we, what are we talking about for the next hour or so? Uh, we're talking about 2002's <laughs> Irreversible. Okay. Um, directed by Gaspar Now, The reason I chose it is because pretty much for the, for the antithesis of the reasons that everyone else chose their films, it's like I... I generally get invited onto shows to talk about wholesome family entertainment. (laughs) Um, To be honest, I never get to talk about films like this Mm. on any kind of podcast. So I thought it'd be a nice change for me. Um, Only because I I had a bit of a period where I was really into extreme cinema, just testing my limits and seeing what I could put up with and stuff. 
I have to say, I, I haven't rewatched this film in preparation for this oh, podcast okay. because I don't need to. <laughs> and I swore swore blind when I first watched it in about 2004 that I'd never watch it again. And I, I stand by that. But it doesn't mean um, I don't think it it's worthy in a lots of ways. Um, and I can remember every single moment of it. <laughs> Those words are resonating in my brain at the moment because I, I thought when I was going to come and talk to you this evening, one of the phrases I was going to use was that I promised myself, as long as my ass pointed south, I would never, ever watch this movie again. <laughs> and when you selected it a couple of months ago, I thought, fuck, I've got to watch it again. <laughs> I am and, sorry. <laughs> and it was more harrowing the second time round. Yeah. It's, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do before we go into it. I don't know if there's a trailer out there. I might just play some sound effects. <laughs> Let's just see. I wouldn't. I'll tell you what, worst comes to the worst. Here's the theme tune to Hello, Hello. <laughs> Perfect. Trailer. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, that was Irreversible, released in 2002, directed by... I'm saying it's Gaspar Noe, isn't it? Noe, yeah, it's got an accent. It's got the on accent the e, on yeah. the e. Starring Monica Bellucci and Vincent Cassell. The briefest of synopsis on IMDb. Events over the course of one traumatic night in Paris unfold in reverse chronological order as the beautiful Alex is brutally raped and beaten by a stranger in an underpass tongue. That is the synopsis. That is what is selling the movie. That's that's only like a, a slight 10 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. An unbroken mm-hmm. 10 minutes, which we yeah. will get to as well. As I say. That, that's... <laughs> uh, why are we laughing? I'm still not too I know, sure. It's, uh, it's... Um, Adam, <laughs> you haven't seen this movie in 20 years. No, I don't need to. This, this is the thing. It yeah. had such an effect on me. Yeah. I... I I couldn't get it out of my mind for months and months and months. I relived it. I was like, did I actually watch that thing? It's you know the whole sound design of the, mm-hmm. you know, with the low frequency sounds and everything. I got nausea from that. I still to this minute, if I close my eyes, I can still see that first killing in um, the club at the beginning. Yeah. There's nothing about this I need to see again. And I remember being really really affected by it, and not in just a disgusted way. Like I found the end of the film, which is essentially the beginning of the story, really uplifting and really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always say art is it can take any form as long as it provokes some kind of reaction in you. And I always hold up things like irreversible, saying you might not like it, but it certainly makes you feel something. And in that way, it's a real success because it's like being hit by a truck. You just cut, you stagger out of it. You know, you can't, <laughs> you lose, <laughs> you lose all sense of being and you come out the other side of it. It affects you on a, a lo- what well, even the sound, uh, get, you know, makes you feel that sense of nausea. I was a little bit heartbroken by it. I was disgusted, but I was, had so many questions after it. Is she still 
still alive you know what's happened what's going to happen to them and you know the, the first scene shows the result of the revenge they take and you have marcus being i mean god knows what happens to marcus god knows what's going to happen to pierre i mean it's just it's one of these things where you're just i don't know it was like a whirlwind and i came out the other side of it just completely mentally destroyed (laughs) (laughs) like i said i don't need to see it again i wouldn't recommend it to anyone so in that sort of sense i think there's so much i think it's such an interesting thing to have been made and out there in the world and the fact that 20 years later i can still remember every moment yeah yeah we, we have this scene don't we paul that we say that if like two three days after watching a movie you're still thinking about it it's, mm. it's affected you somewhere along the line yeah yeah and i remember saying on our first review of this which was eight nine years ago with Smokey, it was with Smokey and Stephen, i think during their original podcast back in you know eight years ago it's a difficult word to use to say that you enjoyed a particular movie when it's something like this I think enjoyed the wrong word. It was like appreciated it. I think which is what you're getting at, Adam. You, 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 mm. or you're affected by it. I don't know. I, I admire it more than mm. I enjoy it. Like yeah. I think as as a as a piece of filmmaking, I think mm-hmm. there's there's nothing else like it in the world. You know, and I, I admire no reason it. for that. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll get to you in a minute. I'll time. <laughs> <laughs> Paul has watched this for the first time, and I. Didn't really give you that much of a warning, did I? What did I, I tell you? What did I, I obviously knew it had the rape scene in. I knew it was filmed backwards. Chron- chron- I can't even say it. Backwards in time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's about all I knew. Yeah. Now, you're not a big fan of subtitles. I, or Yeah, I can give or take them, but I I, I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I personally i don't i I would rather watch a film that i didn't have to read and keep an eye on the action i don't multitask well (laughs) (laughs) well i didn't know until afterwards when i'd done a bit of research that they put this low noise low frequency noise in because the first 10 minutes of the film I did feel physically sick. Yeah. And that's not through what you could see because the first 10 minutes, you can't really see that much anyway. It was from the camera angles. The camera, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's spinning around and never really being up the right way. And the fact that you couldn't really see what was going on with that noise, the sort of almost like a really slow trance music going in the background. And obviously the underlying bass frequency that was meant to be there to make you feel uneasy. Mm. And it, it definitely done that to the point where I almost turned it off because I was thinking, <laughs> why is this making me feel so sick? I've not seen anything graphic yet. I'm feeling sick. Mm. I appreciated the the fact that it was filmed in about 12, 13 10 minute segments Mm -hmm. and i like the fact that they didn't bugger about with the timeline more than that not one of these films that starts at the end and then the middle is the beginning and then you know it was Mm -hmm. just chronologically reverse about every 10 minutes jumped back showed the 10 minutes preceding to the scene you've just seen so that i understood and i appreciated i really think this was 
the director being excruciatingly self-indulgent <laughs> to um to, to the film that he's probably always wanted to make throughout his career and someone gave him some money so he just done it without caring what the hell the rest of the people think um did it affect you more than sort of like a look on a on a plain level that we're talking about here that all right it, it made you feel like physically uneasy but but that wasn't what i was seeing that right. wasn't or it was what i was seeing and hearing but it wasn't the content of what i was seeing okay mm-hmm. i mean yeah <clears throat> graphically when he beats the guy in with the fire extinguisher mm-hmm. very violent but i've seen similar things in other films from your mm-hmm. balcony as well. Yeah, from the from sure. balcony, yeah. yeah. Chat, <laughs> Chatham is <laughs> average Saturday night. <laughs> the content of the story, when you break it down, is very, very limited. You could write that short story in it's, two pages, three pages. It's a simple pages. revenge movie. Yeah, it? It, it's, yeah, you go out for a night, you have a sort of disagreement with your girlfriend, she buggers off early, gets raped on the way home. You go out to try and find whoever's done it. And kill the wrong bloke. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you do that often, don't you? Yeah. I'm always yeah. getting the wrong bloke. Always. always yeah. I'll, I'll get the right one eventually. <laughs> but that's the thing. If, if it was reversed into like the normal chronology, it, that's what it would be. It would be yeah, it is not a complex not, story. Yeah. It the, the plot is nothing like out of the ordinary mm. um obviously the director made this big thing about the rape which is why when i tried to watch this i could not find it on any streaming service no one no one has it out amazon mm. netflix no one you, you can't even pay to get it streamed it is literally you have to buy the movie yeah i'll find some dodgy torrent yeah and obviously that's because of the content is it is that the reason why? that's the reason it's Mm -hmm. it's it's got to be that there's many films have rape scenes in or sort of hints towards a rape scene um i i couldn't name another film that goes into such graphic detail or needs to go into such graphic detail of such a horrific act it's interesting you you bring that up because i think until this film lots of filmmakers films like straw dogs for instance mm-hmm. where there's this infamous rape scene and um the the controversy sprang up immediately because she uh, what's the right way of putting it mm-hmm. she seems to enjoy it at some points yeah um there's always this kind of glamorization around like rape sometime well there was anyway before this and I mean, if someone was attacked and assaulted in an alley and it, it, it was the worst 15 minutes of their life and it was like this harrowing experience, then I think it's kind of right that it should be shown in unflinching, horrific, brutal detail because it makes you repulsed by what's happened, especially because afterwards, he, you know, he, he doesn't just like get up and zip himself up and walk away. He then decides to like beat a senseless and, and mm-hmm. kick around and you're like this is an absolutely appalling act but in a strange kind of way because you've seen this murder happen at the beginning of the film and you're wondering why on earth someone went so spare on someone's head with a fire extinguisher <laughs> um 
like because you're because the film opens with that question and then all of a sudden you find out the answers to that question halfway through it's really interesting when you see the the cause and you suddenly understand the effect from the killing yeah. of it. but it's really interesting um the b uh the bbfc did an article on irreversible because there was so much controversy around it and they said that they were thoroughly appalled when they first witnessed saw the uh the initial killing but all of the censors agreed that after they'd seen the rape scene um they came to the conclusion that that killing in its unflinching detail was not to be cut because it was justified i mean how often do you get a room full of censors saying that guy deserved that (laughs) (laughs) but um But I mean, if it had been, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've seen rapes in films as well, and they're never nice to watch. Mm. But every now and then you do get one that's a bit sort of, you know, soft focus. And and it, because she, she, I don't know. I mean, I don't, classic, I don't classic example, Adam. Classic West example. No, it's the West Side Story. Because they your, always yeah. hint towards the gang rape in there. Don't yeah. They? You don't see anything, even in the newer version. But it's always there as an underlying part yeah. is that Maria got gang raped. And I suppose you could say that at least in this, they address the issue. Yeah, I mean, there's always this um, slight, I mean, there's this like misogynist angle to a lot of 1970s films where sex assaults happen. Like, was she asking for it or what was she dressed like? Or, you know, even films like The Accused, where the assault is, you know, awful as well to watch there's this kind of leery gaze over it where yeah because she was dancing a bit suggestively then she was turning all the guys on so of course they did you know but with irreversible she's just trying to get home she she just happens to look the wrong way um and is you know the whole course of her life changes and everyone who knows and loves her the whole course of their lives change because of it yeah and it's the fact that she was walking past and she almost came to the defense of the woman that he was beating up or yeah lapping about I, I, <laughs> my my difficulty is with this mm. yes it's it's definitely a, a huge part of the story you can't not have it mm. why have it for so long why have such graphic detail of it when two minutes three minutes would have been so much better mm. or and easier on the audience well, they um they they workshopped it for two days, you know. They they filmed it six times, and Gaspar No really took a back seat when it came to directing the action. He just said, you know, you guys, you know, how you know, do it yourselves. And they they did uh, they did it six times over two days, and um that was the result they came up with. Monica Bellucci kind of directed the scene herself in a, in lots of ways. Sorry, do you want me to pause? <laughs> No, I was trying to find a perfect opportunity to talking about rapists. Um, <laughs> 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 or, or, or fans, fans of this film. Let's say a fan of this film. Charlie, hello. Good evening. <laughs> You're right, Charlie. How are you? I feel like my timing walking in was worse than Monica Bellucci. <laughs> Late to the party, (laughs) but always welcome. Hello, mate. (laughs) Um, Ladies and gentlemen, um, one of the most serious discussions we've had 
in 10 years of this podcast and we <laughs> fucked up or I fucked up yeah, um, don't bring us in <laughs> <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen what happened we, we cut Adam off from the Skype recording just a second ago and and Charlie's joined us as you know because Charlie I'm pretty sure was on the recording before um, I forgot to hit the record button for the last 20 minutes but basically, Paul loves this film. Paul loves it. <laughs> we, we've just no, had the most interesting dare. conversation and, and sort of dissection of this movie for 20, 20, 25 minutes. And it's out there in the ether somewhere. Just think, if you were a pilot, people would be dead now. Yeah, I would. I would have killed you all. <laughs> oh, my God. This is a great way to celebrate our 10th anniversary because... We usually fuck up somewhere along the line, and this is a great one. I'm so sorry. Can you just I'm nab so, some so of the so first sorry. recording of it and slice it in? Do you know what? We could actually <laughs> use some of the original reviews. <laughs> yeah. Just say Paul was very quiet in this recording. <laughs> Guys, summarise the last 20 minutes. <laughs> most, most of the discussion had centred around uh, whether the film is deemed gratuitous or whether it actually has merit. Yeah. Right, so yeah. who said and, what? And whether the director is just being self-indulgent or whether he's trying to create uh, a talking point. Mm-hmm. I think you should be at both, potentially. Mm. I think, Adam, you were saying that you know you don't often get the chance to discuss films of this mm. nature, so mm. that was part yeah. of the reasoning behind choosing it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I never get to talk about films like this, but it, I, I've, I've been longing to talk to people about this <laughs> film i don't know, hardly know anyone who's seen it apart from you know our sort of circle so is it, is it that well known adam i thought it was i thought it was quite oh, a... i think it's more infamous than famous yeah. like you, it's like one of those films that people dare people to see it's like a bit like a serbian film but you know, <laughs> it's one of those films you kind of dare people oh, have you seen irreversible it's like oh no i've heard of it I know what's that. <laughs> that's the kind of reaction you usually get from it as i say i haven't re-watched it for this show because i don't feel like i need to <laughs> i'm really sorry if you felt like you had to yeah, me and charlie bloody did thank you yeah it's fine it's... Well, i hate you cheering up after watching football <laughs> <laughs> well, this is like we're celebrating our 10th anniversary and this is what the podcast was about we were charlie when we first started it was the educating charlie podcast cast almost wasn't it mate you know Charlie would select a movie, I'd select a movie, and then we'd do an anniversary movie, wouldn't it? That was how it started. We'd always do the three, hmm. yeah, and we had the rule of not doing anything. 20 years old originally, wasn't it? Or was it 10? I think it was 10. Yeah. So not necessarily like classics that Adam yourself would deal with, you know, the golden age of Hollywood specifically. We, we had that freedom to go up to the 2000s, you know, we, we could do that. And it just gave us the freedom to have a bit of variety amongst, you know, the movies we reviewed. Mm. And if I remember rightly, it wasn't even our choice. This was Smokey's choice because we were guesting mm. on History of Misunderstanding at the time. And I'm glad we did it. And I say that whole thing we said previously about enjoying a movie is probably the wrong word to use. But at the same time, appreciate the movie, I think, is what we're saying is well, not in Paul's. Paul's just I, <laughs> I, I'm not going to be that detrimental to it. Mm. There there is some good valid points to the movie and you can see to a tiny degree why why this film was made and and i do think if he hadn't made it then someone else further down the line would have done something similar i i just feel that two of the 
dozen parts in it could have been done differently to make it more palatable. And I know part of the shock value was that it wasn't palatable. I think that's really interesting. If you see it, if you see the film, uh, not as a a story to be enjoyed, but as a painting on a wall, Mm -hmm. how, how do you feel by looking at it? That's, that's how I, always seen irreversible you know it's like it, i see it more as a more as an experience and and coming out of it the other end how did i feel so i don't really see films like that at all apart from this one which is really like a weird kind of kind of way of reviewing it i don't really review it as a as a as a story or mm, you know, I a, 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 what you're a, sort of saying adam is it's like a life experience that you've gone through that you wouldn't necessarily want to repeat, mm. but you're sort of glad that you've had that life experience behind you and it's made you sort of better going forward. Well, look, you you, you guys know the kind of films I review, like, it's like Thin Man and Gone with the Wind and stuff like that. Those are the kind of films I enjoy. Like, I'll watch a mm. Sherlock Holmes film anytime and with Basil Rathbone. But this, um, yeah, it's like, I don't, I won't make any bones about it. I'm a middle class, very lucky man who lives in a in a house of food in the cupboard and a roof over my head. I don't really have to deal with human suffering on a daily basis. So when I see something like this, that someone's recreated that level of suffering and put it onto a screen in front of me, it shocked me and it affects me. It really upset me. Also, I found the ending really uplifting and kind of romantic. And I thought as an experience, as an artistic piece, I think it's unrivaled. And I've never seen anything like it. I'll never want to watch it again. I've never recommended it to anyone and I never will. But as a as a piece of art that's they're put put on this earth to provoke a reaction or to to touch places inside you that you didn't realise were there. Um I think it's kind of brilliant. But um I don't enjoy it and wouldn't watch it again. It horrifies me. <laughs> I, think, I think what I took away from it was revenge movies revenge movies whatever we've seen dozens of examples of those sort of movies over the years and at heart this is a revenge movie but it's done in a unique way and it's done in a way that just really disturbs you from even from the first first five minutes with the scene with the guy from the previous movie that, that's just sitting there and you're thinking, why is there a half naked man talking about having sex with his daughter and it's just like instantly you're you're uneased as soon mm. as you watch this movie, even the credits are backwards. You know, you yeah. know, the wording mm-hmm. is all and you, you're disorientated from like the first second. And, you know, you could look back and think, yeah, I've watched Death Wish and all these sort of things. You know, it's nothing like Death Wish. You know, this is mm. at heart a revenge movie, a rape revenge movie that really takes you out of your comfort zone. It's not extolling like the virtues of revenge, yeah. is it? In the way no. Mm. It's saying, you know, it's that idea of an eye for an eye. Mm-hmm. Makes the whole world blind, I think. Mm-hmm. Just cause suffering if if you keep prolonging it. Because you don't that's get that at the end of the movie. You you get that at the beginning. Yeah. And what it you get, an, and as Adam pointed, yeah. is that marvelous scene at the beginning, which is wonderfully uplifting at the beginning. So is that? that I was going to say actually, one of the things I remember coming away feeling really upset about was the fact that the revenge was futile in the end as well. It wasn't even the right guy, was it? Yeah. You know, it was, um, and it, <laughs> that's really upset. The part where you see someone in the distance, uh, you know, arrive on the scene during the rape and could have stopped it, but doesn't. I mean, that's upsetting as well. I mean, the, besides the, you know, gut-wrenching 
violence that happens before your eyes there's also these tiny little touches that make you go, oh my god even that just kicks you in the heart from the yeah. <laughs> it, and as you say even little bits like what self-respecting man would let a, a woman leave a leave a party to mm. make their own way home nowadays because of his own yeah 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 because he was high on coke yeah. and yeah. whatever yeah he, he just off his nut wasn't he um but I mean, no one would let their partner do that or, or friend do that nowadays because you know the the dangers of it. If you knew they were getting in a blooming taxi right outside, fair enough. But if you knew they were walking home like halfway across a obviously dodgy city, then you just wouldn't do it. And I think that's quite disturbing in itself. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 For ulterior motives, probably. It would have made her safely home. Yeah. As a as a trifecta of like characters as well, I think they're really well realised. Like, like Alex is, a, a, she feels very human, and you got Marcus, who's an absolute. Berlin. He's kind of like a sympathetic pig, isn't he? And then you got um, Pierre, who's totally emasculated all the way through. Like even Alex sort of hints at the fact that the reason they broke up is because he couldn't satisfy her but he's yeah, the, like yeah. you know this the quiet one who does this really shocking thing at the beginning of the film so i think they're really interesting characters what did you think of um the performances in the film like do you rate them yeah dialogue aside whatever do you think they they come well, to life do you think they i, I like vincent cassell anyway his, his mm. stuff is pretty good lahane it was lahane wasn't he all those yeah. yeah um monica bellucci monica bellucci stood out for me in the scene in the tube train mm-hmm. the fact that she was arguing and listening to both sides of their argument and their conversation and, and hitting back at them and bouncing back off of them yeah i've got no problem with the performances at all even who's the <laughs> the transsexual prostitute? That fuck, I forgot about the oh, the yeah. transsexual prostitute's cock in my face at one point. I forgot about that. <laughs> that little because, kinder surprise. Yeah, because <laughs> because when you watch this this time round, that's obviously where the wallet comes from because he's beating her up. He didn't have a wallet either. Yeah, the packet or whatever, I don't know. And, and, and the wallet gets left Prison in wallet. the um in the tunnel, doesn't it? In the yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I felt that was a, another example of that kind of the depravity of how humans can mm. be. That the two people are only willing to assist Marcus and Pierre for financial gain. You know? Yeah, it's not okay. because they've taken umbrage as to what's happened to Alex. It's we can manipulate this situation. Yeah. What about the racism with the taxi driver as well? We haven't yeah. mentioned that. The Chinese yeah. guy, the Asian guy in the taxi, you know. It's it's such a hateful film. Yeah. Right? But yeah. Not, not necessarily. I don't buy that they reflect the views of the director who, who wrote no. the screenplay. But I think it's it's a hateful environment in which the film is set. Mm. Yeah. No one gets to, no one really sort of comes out of it. <laughs> gleaming absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> I've always um, been I'll... struck by how good Monica Bellucci is to have acted that scene in the subway yes. I mean to, just to have even <laughs> I got it just she's she's phenomenal in that and to think mm. she wasn't even nominated or mentioned when it came to it came to award seasons and yep <laughs> Nicole Kidman won the Oscar for the hours that year. oh my god that's the um, um 
uh, Virginia Woolf thing, isn't it? Yeah, Virginia yeah. Woolf. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you compare her performance in that to Monica Bellucci in Irreversible, it's just criminal, though. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't even. But that's that's the Oscars, Adam. That's why we love the I Oscars know, because they are the, these. But from, <laughs> a, from a cynical point of view, usually the more contentious or the more kind of controversial mm. or yeah. mar- marginalised a character's situation is in a film, the more likely they are usually to be nominated so like i'm yeah. thinking of did jodie foster get an award for the accused she, she did nominated. She nominated. Yeah. Yeah. No, she, that is, she won that's mm. a particularly harrowing yeah. scene as well which involves a sexual assault doesn't it yeah yeah it's like don't think i've ever played pinball since <laughs> <laughs> what a legacy <laughs> gentlemen i'm aware of the time and that adam is sort of on borrow time with us uh, i got today. about i got about i got about 20 minutes so. that's fine it's going to take us 20 minutes to <laughs> wind sorry. up my friend don't worry um final thoughts or re-watches in your case charlie first watch in your case adam not watching it for 20 years let's just <laughs> just sort of wrap this up i'm gonna start with charlie because charlie was last to arrive so let's let's Give Charlie a little bit of airtime here. Yeah. I think without trying to sort of like, sort of like wired your coattails, I think you summarised it perfectly in, in, you both did really, in the sense that it's not, it's not something there to be narratively kind of marvelled at. It's, it's an experience. That's a perfect word for it. Mm. It's an experience. And mm. it's, mm. Doesn't necessarily have to be repeated, does it? That's the thing. There were details that I forgot though. I actually mm, forgot maybe. about the whole pregnancy aspect. Oh, the yeah. beginning at the end, yeah. the beginning, end, end, beginning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which, which added an element of pathos to a otherwise very, very. Yeah. I mean, not that there wasn't pathos there, but it, it made it even more heart wrenching, I think. That ending scene was a lot longer than I remembered. Yes. Mm. I just thought it was literally them in bed talking about she had a dream, blah, blah, blah. Boom, it ended. But that was a good. 10 15 minutes almost yeah. at the end so yeah that sort of struck me paul I, yes, I'm, I'm always intrigued to know your opinion on movies because you have this unique view on life <laughs> <laughs> i don't quite know how to take that <laughs> i still the question in my mind would be as to why and how this movie actually came about being made. Um, what any finances actually believed they were getting from this. Yeah, and and it, it's, it's got to be down that narrative, isn't it? it it's, yes, it was made. Yes, it's it, it obviously brought out many, many different opinions on it. And as much as you may dislike Phil, I might be one of those, I've got to appreciate the fact of how big a conversation piece this film has become um because those that have seen it will be like myself that don't really appreciate it but those that appreciate what it's trying to bring to the table what it's trying to give people the experience of um so i i can appreciate um i just really will never give this film the time of day again i think that's fair enough Roger Ebert said that he, he can see why people would find this film unwatchable despite giving yeah. it a positive review. Mm. That makes sense. All makes sense. Mm. Um, I, I think the only bad review of this film would be for someone to say, I loved every minute of it. 
that that would be horrendous <laughs> if someone came out and said that. <laughs> Just so wrong. I, I watch it naked with the kids every Saturday evening. Yeah. They, they, they stayed in the cinema for the following screening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Box of Kleenex in hand. Oh, dear God. And on that note, Adam, as you. <laughs> <laughs> that, no. was, that, was that your first your first experience when you watched it? <laughs> um, Adam has not watched this movie since he first saw it twenty years ago, and I'm impressed at your recollection of such intricate details of this movie from one viewing, and that's just a, a, a pure example of how much it's affected you, surely. Mm, yeah it really really did affect me and as i say i think my viewpoint of it has come from 20 years of thinking about it um mm. and it's not like uh, i i understand your reaction paul i really do and I, I think that any sane person would probably feel the same way and i wouldn't ever like i say recommend this film to anyone but um i think as a as a piece of art and as a conversation piece and as an experience i think it's kind of unequaled um so i i have to say i i think it's a brilliant brilliant film it's horrifying and i will never watch it again and um as i said <laughs> but um i as as a, a moment in my life i can honestly say there was before irreversible and after irreversible. <laughs> <laughs> so, and i can't say that i've had many films so yeah. are we right in saying gentlemen then that for anybody that's got a passing interest in film and movie making and just something a little bit different, it's essential viewing. Is it essential, this film? You don't want to be I think it's essential. No. <laughs> Again. <that's> the... <laughs> it's an experience to watch. And you could pick out from this, if you were a budding director, mm-hmm. you could pick out from this, things that you would never do uh, and things that you would do to make your films better. Um, there's some horrendous bits in it that I, I feel were just very poor. As I said, it was like very self-indulgent. Uh, Adam said very student-like at times with all the camera movement, whatever. But French. <laughs> didn't like to say that um and and yes if you watch that if you were interested in that kind of aspect of the film you you would learn from that uh, rather than make those mistakes yourself so yeah I, i would say it's worth a watch if you are in the industry and you want to perfect your craft I think from an acting point of view, I thought the performances really Yeah, I, I, the, there's no yeah. point in there where you think, oh, that's a bit of crap acting or that. Yeah, you, you always important. believe it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's essential in terms of if you want to test yourself or if you want to open doors in your mind or change the way you think about art or entertainment mm-hmm. or storytelling or anything, I think then in that way it's essential it's like the visual um it's the visual form of going on a roller coaster you don't remember every turn but you remember getting off and feeling a certain way and i think that's the experience you get from mirror bus so you won't enjoy it but it will certainly change you and it will certainly it will certainly unlock things in you that you probably didn't realize that it's very rare that you get to witness suffering like that so if you can come out of it 
the other end and learn to sort of if you can look back on it after you've watched it i think it sort of allows you to ask questions or recognize that um you feel a certain way when you see something it's very 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 strange and long-winded way of saying yeah, watch it as a piece of art and not as a yeah as a film to be enjoyed with. <laughs> yeah prepare yourself before you watch it yeah. i think yeah a few hail marys isn't it okay gentlemen we are celebrating our 10th year as a podcast this is incredible that still amazes me that we're 10 yeah um (laughs) what i'm going to suggest is that we are celebrating the whole year our actual anniversary is the 21st of june and we are going to make this a year-long celebration as we said adam you don't get to talk about movies that are sort of not from the golden age of hollywood very often i'm going to extend an offer to invite you back again in the autumn my friend i've selected something from the 90s that's a bit lighter a bit lighter than this no he's not dunstan checks in that's that's adam would you be willing to come back because we're going to take a two minute break and i'll reveal all sir yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay, back after this. Irreversible. Gaspar was a very uh, renowned director. The story is, five o'clock in the morning at the Bandouche, I'm sure you heard about it back in the days, you know, that club, and at five o'clock in the morning, he comes, you know, with a glass, and he says, hey, you want to make a, a movie with your wife and real explicit scenes? You, what do you mean, explicit scenes? Yeah, real sex, you know. I say, uh, Gaspar, come on, you're drunk, leave me alone, I don't want to talk to you. But, I mean, that stayed in my mind, you know, and that night I went back home and uh, Monica wasn't, I mean, she was sleeping, but I kind of woke her up and she said, I said, you know, Gaspar, ask us if, if we wanted to make a movie with real sex, explicit, you know, explicit sex scenes. And she said, but what did you answer? I said, I answered no. And she said, but why? <laughs> the next day I called him back and I said, you know, what do you mean by explicit sex scenes? <laughs> to work with uh, my wife is actually a plus because, you know, you don't have to be polite. You can go straight to the point. Um, plus, you know, it's a nice way to spend some more time together. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. Okay, gentlemen, that was irreversible from 2002. How do we top that? I hear you cry. <laughs> Dunstan. Dunstan. Dunstan checks in. Yeah. Andre the Seal. Yes. The Adam, I'm sure you've seen this. I know Charlie has because we reviewed it. So I'm going to do a re-review. I think Paul may have. I don't know. We're going back to 1991. Starring the great Robin Williams. Okay. Directed by Terry Gilliam. Ooh, yeah. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. We're going to do Tom that. Waits. Tom Waits as well. Yeah. 
Well, Jeremy Irons, yes. Um, <laughs> we're going to review the Fishiki from 1991. Paul doesn't know it. No, no, I didn't hear you. That's Sorry, a... the Fishiki. The Fishiking, right? Heard of it? Not seen it. Marvelous. Adam, do you know what? I'm saying, I've never seen it. Ah, oh, that will be a great mm, one then. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you'll enjoy it. It's well, it says here that the the very briefest of taglines: a modern day tale about the search for love, sanity, Ethel Merman, and the Holy Grail. <laughs> Ethel Merman <laughs> and the Holy Grail. Okay, right up my street. Um, <laughs> Jeff Bridges is superb in this. Robin Williams is Amanda Plummer. Amanda Plummer's in it. Yeah, um, <sighs> it's it's just an incredible. I think it's peak Terry Gilliam. Um, okay, I think it's peak Robin Williams as well. well. I'm a Monty Python fan. I'm a Robin Williams yeah. fan. So there's there's a little bit of surrealism to it from the Gilliam side of things, but it's not the be it's all not and end all, is it? Brazil, no, it's nothing oh, like good. that. <laughs> I I think you're going to enjoy it, guys. I hope you will because me and Charlie, I've, I've been itching to talk about this for another ten years since ten years ago, and I'm hoping that Adam's going to appreciate it, and Paul as well. Now that I'd realise you hadn't seen it, so mm. Adam, we will set a date sometime in the autumn, my friend, if you are happy to come along oh i very much look forward to it thank you very much for having me let me talk about irreversible (laughs) (laughs) waffle on about it (laughs) if we can remember what those 15 minutes were that we spoke about earlier we'll just come back to it at some point we'll just chat yeah get his audio clip and then uh do you know what yeah because ladies and gentlemen adam has recorded his side of the audio so that still exists (laughs) it'll probably just be adam going (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> probably <laughs> I'm looking at the waveform now it's, just, oh, uh, uh, it's like one of those David Burry reissues you get you know where they release absolutely everything and it'll be like a two minute yeah. segment of them having a conversation in the studio it's the Adam Roach tapes we've yeah. got them it's, <laughs> it's gold in them dark hills Charles it's like... <laughs> Adam as always, please let our, our listener <laughs> know where to find you, my friend. <laughs> uh, uh, on, on Twitter, has anyone used Twitter anymore? Yeah, um, well, Twitter, I don't know after this week. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm at Movie Histories or at Boy C, or if you go to secrethistoryofhollywood.com or linktree.com slash secrethistory. That takes you to everything I do. Thank you. Thoroughly recommended, chaps, yes? Yes, absolutely. Yes. It is, guys. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'll see you all very soon. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. Love you all. Thank you so much for having me. Good <laughs> <our> boys. <laughs> <laughs> The management of this theater suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Astrid Arms, that infernal jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. When you fail down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said, don't wear a frown, try positive thinking, laugh at your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side, on hope so much defense. Oh,
your confidence sinking, positive thinking helps you on the way, my friend. When things look black, try positive thinking. Treat every season as spring. No glancing back, try positive thinking. Trust what tomorrow may bring. This crazy world that we live in will keep on spinning round. But with good, strong, positive thinking, we'll get together and life won't let us down. Shut up, you ugly bitch. Oh, shut up, we enjoy it.